Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. This is episode seven of season two. I'm here with my co-host, Ashley, psycho-spiritual counselor and medium. My name is Millie Murillo. I am an astrologer and spiritual coach. So today we want to talk about the question, what's the point? I was inspired to talk about this question because like for many people, November and or Scorpio season slash Scorpio season was was a pretty significant season. And it was one where I noticed people move through some heavy, heavy emotions, you know, really face their own shadow, shadow in their lives. At the time I was going through something heavy in, in, at home, in my relationship. And it was something that really took a toll, it took a toll on my emotional well-being at the time. And the question of what's the point came up. And now I know that that question can have different connotations. That question can have, you know, depending on who's asking it and why that the intention behind it can definitely be different. And I think that that's why it struck me because I, I, I'd like to touch on all or at least some of the nuances behind that question, because I think that when we think about it, it's actually a powerful question. It can be a powerful question, bringing us back to our why. So before I get started, I, I want to ask you, Ashley, how does that question land on you? When you first said it, it kind of made me chuckle. <laughs> there can be the, what's the point out of frustration? <laughs> this fucking sucks. Right. And having been there many times. Um, and then <laughs> what's the point can be a redirection to intentions and values and why we started something in the first place. And then what's the point I think can be an even bigger question of what are we doing this for? You know, what does all this mean? And I know in various stages mm -hmm. of my journey, I've asked them in different stages of hope, frustration, mm -hmm. hopelessness, curiosity. Yeah. So it brings up a lot, a lot of, um, it brought up a lot of just thinking about my journey and just different experiences of why was I asking that question and when, and what was the answer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that because what you're doing is differentiating do, those different stages, those, those different levels of awareness that we may be in when we ask that question. I think that this question for me, when it came up around October and November, it was just, I was, again, I was going through something emotionally heavy and it was probably one of the most difficult times that my partner and I have had in our relationship and not and I didn't ask the question, what's the point in terms of, you know, I had any intention on, on leaving the relationship, but what we moved through this year as a couple was so heavy, things that we hadn't, you know, experienced before in our relationship. Now I can see, you know, what the point was or part of it and, and see how we've grown. But in that moment, I just was feeling, what is the point of all of this pain? That's coming, and not just from experiences in the relationship, but I think that my own growth, my own partial, you know, spiritual awakening or spiritual experience that I was having, I just, I got to the point where it felt so heavy that I asked, what's the point? And I think that what I realized is that I had to be mindful of what space I was asking that question from. And I think that this helped 
because you and I, you know, we have a mutual friend and, and he, he did a reading, he did an intuitive reading for me. His name is Freddie Kluth, who, by the way, is an incredible intuitive. If, if you all want to look him up on, on Instagram, Freddie Kluth. And so I brought to group, you know, what I was experiencing and I, and I asked the question, what's the point? And so his feedback was, you know, along the lines of, you want to be mindful that this isn't coming from a, from a place where you're victimizing yourself, where you're falling into this space of victimhood. And I hadn't thought about it in that way. And when that was his intuitive feedback, it really made me come back and ask myself, had I fallen into that space? And, and I don't think that I did fully, but I think that it can be very easy to fall into that space. And so that was very helpful feedback because then I started looking at other possibilities that I know are there. I've known they're there, but when you're in it, whatever it is, it's hard to remember. What's the point? What's the point of feeling all of this? What's the point of sometimes suffering? What's the point of going through difficult situations? And so that question, or I think that the answers or the understanding to that question is still unfolding. And I think that was a big piece of it, that to ask it and to trust that it's happening for a greater reason, but at the same time, be intentional about moving forward and letting the full understanding of the answer to that question unfold, I think is important. It is easy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's easy to fall into a place of victimhood because there's power in it in the sense of, I have no control over what's happening in my life. I'm not responsible. There's something freeing about that in the Mm -hmm. sense of it's freeing to our ego or our mind because we can say, this is happening to me. And I remember at different aspects of my journey, Mm -hmm. feeling so angry that I was a good person. I was in therapy. I was healing. And these circumstances were happening to me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've moved through understanding that when something is happening, it's happening for a reason, or I need to ask, what is my responsibility in it? Mm-hmm. You know, when you were, and I think responsibility is so important when we're asking, what's the point? You know, what is my part in this? What is my role? Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about being in deep mm-hmm. pain, you know, I did go through a period where I wanted to kill myself. I thought about, and we've talked about this in the first season. There were, were times where, you know, I was crossing the street and I would just, hope that a bus would hit me or I would have fantasies about just not being here. And for a while, those fantasies, I mean, they happened since I was 13 years old. It was like, I just wanted something to take me away. But I remember the day the pain was so bad that I actually considered taking my own life. And, you know, I do want to say, because I know this topic is, it's always up and down in the media and people have so many opinions about when someone takes their life. And it brings me to tears because if you've walked those paths of hell to feel that terrible, I I mean, I didn't do it. So I don't Mm -hmm. even know the degree of pain that some of these people are in that take their life, but I have touched the edge and to touch the edge of that, like you can't judge that, you know, you can't assume that someone wasn't doing the best they could. You can't assume anything about that person because that is a place Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish on anyone, but I share this. And I just wanted to mention that because we think I'm deviating a little bit, but we can have an idea of what's going on for a person. And the other thing I know is that people are always shocked. They don't look like somebody that would do that. Well, that's the thing about feeling that way Mm -hmm. is you're so ashamed. You don't share how bad you're feeling because it's humiliating and embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but after becoming a medium, 
what I really understood about these people on this journey is that people really set themselves free. And some people, that's just their path to set themselves free. And they're not burning in hell and being punished for what they did. But but back to the pain of that, I think that's a big question. When someone's in that place, they're, they're probably past the question of what's the point. But I remember for myself being in that space, the point was my fiance, his love for me at that time. And I remember just trying to find a reason to continue and knowing that I didn't want to hurt this person. I didn't want to leave them, that I wanted to give that a chance. And that's a different, what's the point? There's what's the point when you're in a dark place of your journey. There's what's the point of even living? Why are we even here? And I couldn't even really answer the question on a bigger scale. And sometimes we can't, sometimes it's just, I'm going to tether myself to this, this love, this thing, this responsibility to keep me here. And sometimes that's, what's the point? That's the point. Mm you know, until you can know more. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, that is so, so important. I think that just recently I was having a conversation with someone about, you know, we all experience a certain degree of pain, right. And, and it's proportional to our experience. So there's no measurement, right. But one of the things that we, that was touched on the conversation was, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine the degree of pain that someone has to be in and feel that there really is no way out and feel that alone, that that is the only way out. And I think that if that doesn't, I don't know, incite or induce some kind of compassion in, in, in those of us that are witnessing this person in some way, if it doesn't make us ask bigger questions, you know, then again, what is the point? Yeah. I mean, we need to ask bigger questions. We need to dig deeper. Right. And the thing, what you said about suffering, mm-hmm. I've found is, mm-hmm. I think it, I think one of the problems we have just in our culture is this denial of our, our uncomfortable feelings. And you see people, they'll say, I have clients who are in so much pain and they're like, well, I guess I should be grateful that I'm not, I have food on my table or my children aren't sick or you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, all that is true, but mm-hmm. suffering is suffering is suffering. And what someone's suffering about, right. I can't judge. What cuts someone so deep to the core may just be like right. a blip on the screen for someone else. So I think one thing that we can do for ourselves mm-hmm. is to take our suffering seriously in the sense to acknowledge it, to care for it, to be compassionate. And also that of another person. Mm-hmm. We can't look at another person and say, well, they had a great life. We don't know what it was like for that person. So I think, I think you're right. If we can't find compassion and curiosity for someone that would take such a big step to move out of this place, yeah. then yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, when you really sit down to think about that, what's going on? What's really going on? I really like what you said about we have to take our suffering seriously. And, you know, I'm loving that this conversation is kind of, it's going where it's going. I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I'm liking where it's going. And, and here's why. So one thing I noticed, again, I was having an, another conversation I was having with another friend and she was, you know, she was expressing that there are behaviors and wounds about her that, you know, are affecting her relationship. And she said, I don't know how to not be the, you know, fill in the blank girlfriend. Right. And I'm, I'm being respectful here and I'm being mindful because I think that she listens, but, and so she labeled herself and she, and she, labeled her suffering. She labeled something that she feels that it's, it comes from wounds from when she was a little girl. And, 
you know, it's very easy to label someone anything. And then we come to believe that that is the only explanation, that that label is the only explanation to why we behave in the way that we do in our relationships, for instance. And so I said, can you get curious about the fact that, can you get curious about what you experience when you get triggered when this comes up? Rather than simply labeling yourself a girl, a particular type of girlfriend, when this is just what you're feeling. And as soon as you label that pain, that suffering, which makes you uncomfortable, which you want to surpass, which you want to transcend, that's already you being curious about what's going on inside of you. Because in, a, in some way, she's asking, what's the point of this behavior? What, what is actually happening here? And so I love, I love what you said about taking our suffering seriously, because I think that as soon as we do, we start becoming more curious about it. And again, that what's the point question becomes a bigger question. The suffering is an expression of something not healed. Even if it's just, you know, like yeah. I, I think we all do this, but I'll speak for myself. You know, I have patterns of my brain. You know, I wake up with certain feelings And I know that it's not based on anything happening in the moment, but it's a sign that there's something inside me that still doesn't feel safe, that's unresolved. So our suffering does to me need to be taken seriously because it's a message. It's like, it's, it's, you know, our system sending us a message that, hey, take a look at this. And the point is to take a look Mm -hmm. at it. Right, right. Not to judge it, not to label it, but to genuinely be curious about it. And I think that the willingness, the willingness to say this doesn't have to define me is absolutely crucial to to live a much more empowered life. Yes, that's a great point. Taking it seriously doesn't mean we're defined by it. It means we're in relationship to it. If we're not in relationship to our pain, then we're experiencing pain just again and again, the same types of pain, but it's not going anywhere. It's unresolved. So when you have a relationship to your pain, then we can actually start to work and heal it, free ourselves. This, this makes me think about, you know, I've talked a lot about this on here when I worked a corporate job and for so long, I was just so unhappy and it it was like our soul wrenching. And there were times where I would ask, why am I doing this? Like, what is the point of doing this? Yes. I have to make a living. Yes. I have to take care of myself, but can't there be another way? Here's what I learned from that. Now, looking back, I think we have to remain curious and keep asking that question until that question actually guides us somewhere as well. There has to be an openness and a willingness, almost an intention to say, I don't know what the point is right now, but if I keep asking, what's the point? Maybe the energy of that question alone can lead me somewhere else. And I think that that's what that question did for me at that point in my life is that it, it, it guided me to a different, you know, way of living. What's the point of this? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to follow this, this way of living if it makes me miserable? And then, you know, it became a, it became a, a matter of not that, again, a corporate job, for instance, is a bad thing, but what does it mean to me? Like, what's the point to me? And I think that question just really brought me to other questions. Like, what do I want? Not just what's the point as in I'm just stuck here. Well, if I don't see a point, if I can't find a point to this, if I can't see why this, if I can't pinpoint why this makes me so unhappy and miserable, 
well, then what do I want? What do I want the expression of my life to be? How does it, how do I move in a different direction that feels more aligned with me? And I think that those are questions that just more than looking outward, it's about definitely looking inward and and getting clear, getting clear about who we are and finding our own point. What is the point? I think to an extent we get to decide that we also decide the point. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I wanted to ask, I imagine your answers to why you were working that job in the first place changed over the years. And one, I think we need to give ourselves permission for our answers to Mm -hmm. change. But I'm curious, what was happening inside you that the point of being there changed? You know, that was, that's a great question because I just remember not having a tangible external reason for not wanting to be there other than it just felt like dread in my soul. <laughs> and so that, I think the dread just got bigger and bigger. The dread just got bigger and bigger. It got heavier. I, I just became more and more unhappy. And so that question, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? After a certain amount of time, I realized I keep asking what's the point and I'm not doing anything about this. And I am really miserable right now, where to the point where it's affecting my health, it's affecting who I am as a person. So over time, it did change. And I think it was just the dread got bigger. (laughs) Why did you get in that job in the first place? Like, who were you when you took the job? Because I think that's interesting. And who did you become to the point your soul dreaded it? Right. Yeah, that's actually a really great question as well, because I realized after years and, and notice how this can happen, not just in a career or a job, but in a relationship, right? Even something that we love to do, even something creative that we love to do, there has to be that wiggle room for things to change and for us to change our minds along the way. But I think that what changed was I went into doing what I need, what I was doing for a living because I just needed to survive. And at the time I had a, a lot of responsibility and it wasn't just me. And so I needed something that was a good job, a well-paying job, and that was consistent. And that was the only reason why I did what I did. And I had these, this idea of if I work here, then I'll be respected. And if I do this for a living, then it means something about who I am. It was very, you know, it was for all of the reasons that had nothing to do with me. But at that time, I was, I don't think I knew myself well enough. And then for a long time, it became, well, if I chose this, and these are the reasons that I chose to do this, and they seem like good reasons to do this, why am I so unhappy? Right. What is the point? Right. What's the point is, I mean, I, I think it's such a good question. I think we should be asking it a couple of times a year about many things. Like, what, you know, it's almost like, why am I doing <laughs> yes. what I'm doing? What's the point of living a certain way? What's the point of how hard I'm working? What's the point? You know, this year I've, I felt like I was just, mm-hmm. I've spoken about it in, you know, in one of our episodes about, I just felt like every day I was showing up and trying to be brave and it was really exhausting. And there was a lot of anxiety, you know, because I kept doing new things and I felt like I was hustling. And a year ago, my life was pretty quiet and I was happy. I was really content. <laughs> and I found myself this year just like disrupting all the peace. And I asked myself over and over again, or actually it took me about nine months and I was like, what are you doing? What is the point of all this? And then I had to remember, it was like my soul and my human finally met and started having a conversation. 
I was like, oh, right. We're rewriting narratives based in trauma. Oh, right. We're showing ourselves that we're courageous. Oh, right. We're breaking old patterns, (laughs) daring to do new things. But I had to answer those questions because for a while it was the anxiety and the anxiety was taking over. And also I kind of got lost and I couldn't remember why was I, why was I disrupting my peace? And I think it's important to think about that sometimes we have to disrupt certain types of peace to evolve because ultimately, yes, I was peaceful, but I had a longing to do more. And that longing started as a slow whisper and then it became a loud scream. And to get to the place where I felt like I was doing more, I had to start showing up in a different way. And so asking that question was a real redirection back to, okay, what is my purpose? What is my intention? And it helped me look at my life and say, okay, what is my intention behind doing the podcast? What is my intention behind teaching my class? What is my intention behind doing readings? I wanted to make sure that I was in alignment around everything and whatever isn't of service to that purpose and what is in alignment needs to go. It's just extra energy that doesn't need to be here. And I think it's important. We need to know when to say, this is no longer part of the point. Yeah. That is so powerful. As we're recording this, I really appreciate what you just shared because as we're recording this, we're headed towards the Capricorn solstice um, that's taking place on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. And then we have the new moon in Capricorn two days later on December 23rd. So chances are that this will this will come up after that, but not too long after that. And this energy, this Capricorn, this brand new Capricorn energy that is an opening of the next three to six months is really asking us, what's the point of why you do all of the things that you do? Who are you now versus, you know, a year ago, two years ago? And one of the things about Capricorn energy in the Zodiac, its essence of Capricorn energy is about realizing that less is more. Because when we simplify our lives to the things that support our why, our purpose, to the things that support the answer of what's the point, there isn't any room in there for much chaos, you know, much drama, (laughs) much anything superfluous does not much room for. Of course, you know, that's that's the highest expression of Capricorn energy and we live human lives and they're very nuanced and, and, and have a lot of different layers. But when it comes to, again, purpose and, and asking what's the point, getting to that why, I feel like 2023 is going to be one of those years in which we're going to genuinely honor our priorities. I think that our souls, we are tired of just... <laughs> anything that just feels like too much because we're asking ourselves that question like what what's the point what is this you know and and we're kind of screening those things just a little bit faster (laughs) I mean I notice myself doing that my why my intentions the my reasons my the way that I want to live the way that I want to feel it's getting clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and I realize that things that don't align with that, I don't want to put energy into that, into it. And for for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm okay with that. I don't really care what that means outside of these priorities. There's something about that that is very liberating. There's something about coming back to that question, like you said, a few times a year, what's the point that can actually liberate us more than than not. That's so beautiful. I so agree. I feel that energy. I feel it. It was like 
I don't know if, I mean, I feel like that energy is landing. I feel like it's been tugging people. I've seen it in my clients mm-hmm. and the people I've done readings for, mm-hmm. but the energy mm-hmm. of being in alignment with yourself. And, you know, it makes me think of like, and I got caught in this trap too. I got caught in it this past year and really had to pull myself out of it. But when I'm trying to keep up with someone else or do something because I think I should be doing it because let's say social media, again, we can, we go back to this all the time, but it's such a pull because I have to have a big platform or I have to do this and I have to keep up with everybody. But there were so many times I had to ask my question, what's the point in this if I'm doing it, if it doesn't feel good or if I'm not inspired, if I don't have the energy for this today, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And I can feel Mm -hmm. that liberation you're talking about, feeling free of really coming back to myself and asking that about all these like little mundane things that don't really serve my life and really enjoying the things that do. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I really believe we all have a unique purpose and we're all here to do something. And what's the point is, how do we serve that purpose? How do we be our most authentic self? I actually did a channeling session the other day and this beautiful message came through. If you could imagine that all of us are part of a choir and our intention is to harmonize with each other so we can create this beautiful song with a beautiful message. And when we don't, let's say, I don't want to say live up to our potential because that sounds like we have a standard to live up to, but When we don't become maybe the fullest expression of our authentic self or step into our authenticity, when we're trying to copy someone else or or keep up with what we think we should be doing, we're like a flat note. We're like a guitar chord that isn't strung tight enough or someone who's lost their voice. And so when you try to put that choir together, there's this missing piece. There's this missing part of the harmony. But when we step into the place that we're supposed to be in, it gives me chills. We began harmonizing with each other. It was such a beautiful that message. I was like, <laughs> and we're supposed to be individual. It's like a choir. No voice is the same, but together it's incredible. And so I just really think that when we're doing these things, ask what's the point? The point is to be my most authentic version of myself for myself and my own evolution, but also to participate in this harmony in the collective. So. <laughs> Mm. Thank you. That was beautiful. I love that. And it did give me chills. I think it gave us chills at the same time. I was like, I mean, I was so grateful for this message that came through. I was like, wow, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There is so much that we hold on to that is not ours. And and the almost scary part is that we don't realize it's not ours. And I think that's why questions like what's the point are so important because there's when it comes up especially just very naturally that it's your soul tugging at you it's your soul tugging at you look at this look at this from a different perspective look at this a little deeper right i wanted to ask you something because i try to be very mindful when i speak of these things because while i understand the importance of validating what we go through because i Obviously, I've experienced it and and I understand the importance and the necessity to validate what we go through, what we feel, everything. What what happens? I don't even know how to put this together. Okay, I'll just share an example of mine. I, I got to a point where I had to ask myself the question of what's the point of remaining angry and resentful at my mom, right? Because there was something that I wanted to release. And I I felt like I don't want to carry this anymore. Obviously, it's not as simple as asking a question. Obviously, it's not as simple as when you ask the question, an answer is going to come and then all of a sudden you're going to feel better. Obviously, 
that's not it. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, because I do believe that there is a certain level of, of, of choice or decision. It's saying, I I want to transcend this pain. And I think, and this is coming up because of what you just said. I think that holding on to anger or resentment, again, or certain narratives or certain belief systems, whether we, somebody else instilled those in us or whatever it was, yeah. I think they dim our light. I think they dim that part of us that is meant to fit in so perfectly in this collective choir, as you so beautifully put it. So I'm curious because again, sometimes there's a part of me that comes out and, and, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm judging myself in a way that, that is, is irrelevant, but it's like you, at some point you have to have the willingness to choose to feel differently about this. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? I'm wondering what you're talking about. I agree. And I, I think it's back to, so taking our suffering seriously and looking at it and why are we feeling this way? When I said it, is it a pattern of the mind? Well, then that needs to be addressed. So I'm holding on to some pattern that no longer serves me. So I think resentment and anger, well, I think resentment is different from anger. They're, you know, they can be, but we'll just put them in together for for these purposes. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it's either information that somebody's hurt you, your body's saying there's something in this relationship that's not okay, that needs to be addressed, that needs to be looked at, boundaries need to be set, a reevaluation of how you play out in that relationship. But then resentment, anger, you might go, why am I feeling this way? And you might just say, because it keeps me in the victim position. It keeps me being able to point the finger Mm -hmm. and not have to evolve or heal. It keeps me stuck. And I think sometimes we do get stuck in Mm -hmm. that. We hold onto it because there's power in holding Mm -hmm. onto it. If I'm feeling this way, then I don't have to be vulnerable with you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to open up and try. I don't have to experience this relationship any different. But I think when we can look at it and say, this energy I'm holding it doesn't serve us. It doesn't mean, so if you decide to free yourself of that resentment anger, let's say, you know, I know it's different with your mother, but for me with my family, for example, it doesn't mean I have to be in relationship to them. It actually allows me to transform and have compassion for myself and have compassion for their experience. You know, so I think what you're saying is so important. Why Mm -hmm. am I feeling this? What needs to be healed? And what am I holding onto that's actually keeping me stuck? That's dimming my light. Right. And I guess my question is, what do you feel needs to happen in that moment? Uh, what needs to happen to let it go? Yeah, to, what needs to happen? Right. I think that obviously that looks different for so many people, but what do you feel that looks like? What do you feel? Compassion. I think it starts compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. darling, you know, like Thich Nhat Hanh says, oh, my darling, I'm so sorry you're hurting. I'm so sorry that you're still angry. I'm so sorry that you're still so hurt by this. And resentment, I think, is a protective measure. You know, looking mm-hmm. at the reasons like, why am I still holding on to this resentment? Mm-hmm. What am I protecting myself from? And then, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to move to compassion for the other person. But I think when you have compassion for yourself and you hold yourself mm-hmm. gently in that space and you loosen your grip or see if the grip can be loosened, I don't think you can force it. I don't think you can bypass it. But I think when you truly have compassion for yourself mm-hmm. and see that mm-hmm. you don't have to hold on so tight because you don't have to be a victim of this anymore. You know, and I think the victim thing is a big piece. For me, mm-hmm. the thing that transformed was seeing, oh, mm-hmm. yes, this did happen to me. I was a victim of child abuse, but I am not any longer. And look at the story and look what it made me. And then when I had appreciation for my journey and acknowledged my suffering, then I wasn't angry and resentful. Actually, you set me free because I could have appreciation mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. where I'd come from and see how it had changed me. 
that it's not really about the other person. It's really about, I feel like it starts here and then it resonates out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So what do you say to someone who says, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to not be in this space? I don't know how to feel this, how to not feel this. I don't know how to have, how to not have these thoughts about myself. I know that they're irrational because that's, that's an interesting vicious cycle. Well, I, I first ask them to get into their body. Oh, this is something I was thinking earlier when we were talking about suicide, but I think this is relevant for this. Hell is being in the mind. Heaven is being in the heart. And all that you're talking about is in the mind. But if you can move into the space of the body, whenever you're stuck mm-hmm. with somebody or you feel stuck with yourself, always go to the body because the body is actually feeling something bigger than just what the mind is. And the body just needs a moment to express that energy because it's usually energy that's being trapped or avoided. So if I can get that person to pay attention to their body, mm-hmm. they usually soften into an experience. They'll probably cry. They'll feel something, some energy shift, and then mm-hmm. they can get into their heart space. And for one moment, it may just be for that moment in therapy or that moment as a friend, they experience a different version of themselves. And they also can connect mm-hmm. to me and experience me holding them. And it's those tiny moments that build to bigger moments. But it's always important to get someone yeah. into their body because the mind is a you know, I'm not saying we should avoid it. And I'm not saying that, you know, the ego serves its purpose, but again, the mind keeps us in hell. I think, you know, I mean, I really believe heaven and hell is all just an earthly perception, but that's me. (laughs) No, I I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I'm, I'm asking you these questions just for, for a different perspective, but I think that you're right. I think there's something that happens and this is what something I've observed with myself and, and with others, the resistance sometimes that comes up to wanting to coming into the mm-hmm. body, the resistance, right? Again, like what's the point? Mm-hmm. This isn't going to change. And so we have to be very mindful. I feel again, just very mindful of life in general, but that question can be or the answer to that question can be what we decide for it to be. What is the point? I can't get out of the cycle. I don't know how to think otherwise. You know, I, I don't want to go into my body. The resistance, it's almost mm-hmm. like sinking your heels. I don't want to do that. What's the point? Well, at this point, you're deciding that the point is that well, you just I'll want to say offer that That's an interesting character style. So we're getting into the psychology of human beings. But when someone puts their heels down, let, let's say in therapy, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm experiencing that, it's probably a person that's mm-hmm. never had the ability to say no. They were probably had their power taken away and they were never mm-hmm. able to say no to anyone. So mm-hmm. I can hear anger behind that. So I mirror it back to them and I mm-hmm. hold space and I allow them to say no in that moment. And that may be the one time in their life that they could say no. Mm-hmm. And you may feel defeated. Sometimes I'll feel defeated mm-hmm. and I can let that person mm-hmm. defeat me for that moment. And it'll be a conversation that I'll track. But sometimes it's crazy that that resistance it may be just their only place of power in their life. So sometimes we can just mm-hmm. naming, naming, mm-hmm. there's something so powerful. I'm resistant. I don't want to. What does that feel like in your body? I don't want to go there, but I feel something rising. You know, you're saying it louder. Right. Fuck it. Right. right. Fuck it. There's right. anger. <laughs> something tickles underneath. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going farther. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I love this. I think that this is so helpful. I mean, I know that I've been in that position myself of knowing that if I just slow down a little bit and breathe, slow down and come back to my body, that I'm not just going to just feel better, 
but I'm also going to have a different level of awareness or understanding. And then there's something there that's mm-hmm. just like, nope, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I want to stay yeah. in my mind and I want to stay in this hell. So I don't know. I, I, I really loved, again, I, I love this question. I, I think it took us into different places, but honestly, that's, that was the intention to see how open this question can be and how powerful just a simple question is. It's not so much of what's the point and shrugging the shoulders and then, you know, just walking away. It's, there's a lot of power in asking that and actually being open to, to have an answer come to us. When we ask that question, we might be acknowledging a part of ourselves that we may not have, have acknowledged before, that may have not felt seen before. So when we genuinely ask, what's the point? You never know what part of you is going to feel seen in, and in maybe that space. Like you were speaking of resistance or not wanting to go to the body or not wanting to answer the question, not. That's a part that maybe never did have a voice. And as long as you're aware and you can go, oh, I don't want to go there now. And I'm going to take responsibility for not wanting to go there. That's different from saying I can't. Like saying I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing not to be vulnerable and go into the body. I'm choosing to say no. Okay, but that's your responsibility. And there's power. It's taking your power back, even though some people may not want to take their power back. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Right. That is so big. I hadn't even thought about it that far that you can sink your heels and say, no, there's power in that, but you also have responsibility for that. Oh man, that's so big because I think that to say no, to sink our heels, it's like, okay, you're allowed to do that, but there's still, that still takes away any expectation that things have to be anything other than what they are or that anyone needs to (laughs) come in and do anything for us. That's so big. Yeah. The human psyche, man. It's so complex. (laughs) (laughs) I know. know. Well, um, thank you so much. Thank you for the topic. I really loved where this went. It was, I hope y'all enjoy it. I found it really cool and inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I came with questions. So I learned a lot today. So thank you for that. Yeah, me too. Thank you all for joining, for tuning in. Not sure when this is going to air, but whenever it does, happy holidays to you all. We're sending you so much love and we'll catch you on our next episode. Have a good holiday. Talk to you all soon. And finally, we wanted to let you all know that this is the last episode of this season. Ashley and I are going to take some time off to recollect get ourselves ready and together for the new year. And we will be back with our third season in March. Thank you all so much for joining us thus far this year. This is something that is brand new for Ashley and I, and we are so, so grateful for the people who have joined us for all of your kind feedback. We can express enough how much that means to us. Anytime we've received a message from any of you, you know, just saying how much the podcast resonates or helps or the conversations, you know, incite something in you. It's so helpful. And it reminds us of why we are doing this in the first place. So we wish you all a beautiful, beautiful closing of 2022. May 2023 bring everything you desire and more. And we will talk to you in a few weeks. Much love to you all.